Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. And this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me. And then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk. Let's share information. Let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome back to Porter Flute Pod. This is episode 11. Today we're talking about Porter Flute's view of social media. And with me in the pod producing and speaking is Alan J. Tomasetti. Also with us in the podcast is Justine Sedke. Together they produce this fantastic medium, asking me all kinds of questions. Today we're breaking down those two famous words, social media, and how Porter Flute came to be. To celebrate, I went to the vault and found that iconic concerto by Jacques Hibert. Enjoy this live performance from 2004. It's the Sunflower Music Festival, conducted by Richard Buckley. Welcome back to Porter Flute Pod. We're so glad you're here. How are you, AJ? I'm good. It's been a while. I know we do meet um, regularly, but this is so much fun to sit and talk to you. And I, I want to talk to you about our theme today, which is in our business 101 category. And we thought we'd really just go there. We're going to talk about being social and we're going to talk about media. And then all of a sudden those two words together combined are to me, um, hazardous, <laughs> toxic. Amy finally has a face and finally enjoys her space. Yeah. Well, thanks to you. It's been amazing. So can you maybe give us some background for our listeners as to how I got here and how we met? Like how, how old were you? I, uh, I guess I can date myself. So back in 2004, um, I was 16 and taking, and I went to Jeannie Backstresser's International Masterclass, and I was the youngest person there. And I got to have a masterclass with you on the Poulong Sonata, and that's the first time that we met. After that, it was 2006 when you came to Indiana University, and you taught a masterclass there um, with my professor, Thomas Robertolo. And he asked me to be your assistant during that time. During that time, uh, I was also exploring into arts management. um, And I was earning a double degree in flute and arts management. And later going to Boston University for a double master's in arts management and fundraising management. But it was around that time when you um, did a master class at Mount Holyoke College and we met up there. He said, come on over and let's have some lunch. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we chatted over lunch, catching up. And that's when I said, Amy, you need a Facebook and a YouTube. And I remember saying, no, 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 no. I don't need all that. But being the young techie that I was, I got to see the evolution of social media. Because right when I was starting college is right when 
Facebook and YouTube were starting to become a thing back in 2006. And I was, and I still am quite the flute geek and looking up is on there. Who can I research and what recordings are out there? How can I connect with these big flute players on another level? And I noticed that you didn't have one. So I was like, you need to get one. It's becoming a new thing. And that's when you said, you know what? You do it. All right. So that was the beginning. That well, all started it. Can I, can I just give a little window into my perspective? Yeah, sure. Since I didn't have anything but a website and social media was only on the radar of other people, when I did sit down with a couple of people to share what it was, the parts I liked were the vacations and the babies and the food. and But then there were people that started I, I went on with a friend once and the first thing was about their, this person's seasonal allergies. Like, I don't need to know about your seasonal allergies. I, it, it doesn't make my life better. And personally, you should just keep that stuff to yourself sometimes. But I, <laughs> I realized that it also became a, a platform for everyone, like politics, religion, society at large. And I just thought, that is too much for me to take on. Uh, I was born in the 60s and, you know, we just read Life magazine. We saw three stations on the television and I saw the advent of MTV right before my eyes. So you're, you're looking at someone who didn't need it and you were the first person and thank you because you've you've shown me that I can be healthy with it. I can keep that that attitude that I just said. I can keep that and still be on this platform known as social media. You were such a fan and so devoted to my playing as a and and teaching that you visited me and sat me down and made me a Facebook page. And we'll tell the the funny story of how you ran this this page for about a year and a half. Come on. Almost two years, yeah. What year was it? Tell me. Uh I wanna say I wanna say two thousand seven, because I think I was still at IU at that point, because I was juggling so many different things. It's probably you took over like two thousand seven to let's say two thousand eight or so. Yeah, something like that. Right. So uh, I was in San Diego at my brother's house, and it was Christmas time, and I went to see what AJ was putting on the Facebook, and it said, what Christmas carols are you playing this week? And I immediately called you and said, okay, what's the password? Because first of all, <laughs> I need to understand Facebook, but secondly, I would never ask that. And you laughed and you said, okay. And you, you gave me a tutorial in how to do a fan page. So I had a fan page for a good eight years. And now I have a very small private uh, Facebook page. And a lot of people, AJ, they I have over 500 people wanting to be my quote friend. And Unless you know my husband's name or you have over 150 other people that we know, I'm not going to let you be my friend, but I want you to follow me on my fan page. <laughs> Is that, that's not a bad attitude to have, I don't think. No, getting to know Amy as the flutist beyond the masterclass and a musician 
is something different than like, hey, I'm coming over for dinner. What do you need me to bring? Kind of Amy. So it's a whole different different type of relation. But that whole thing of why I posted, what is everybody's favorite carols that they play around Christmas time? I'm drawing people in to make you more relatable. And it took you a while at first to see that. But I, I didn't want to say anything immediately. I wanted you to get it. I wanted you to see. Because then afterwards, after you took over, you're like, oh, <laughs> now you can see. Now I can see why people are actually drawn to this. That's right. So I have a question about how to consider social media in your professional presence. How can we best use it to focus on our art form instead of our um, opinions or our bodies or our families? I mean, we, we should maybe divide a personal page and a, pro, uh, you know, a fan page, as we call it. So are there ways we can decide what platform is best for, you know, what expression? I think the overall theme that we need to focus on is making sure whatever platform you use, you're being true to yourself. And in order to be true to yourself, you need to really like the social media platform and be comfortable with it too. Um, I always talk about, easing yourself into social media is like going swimming in an ocean. You're not going to jump off a boat into the ocean, not knowing how deep the water is or what's not knowing what's swimming underneath you. The best way is to ease yourself in like walking off the beach into the ocean. The water depth is gradual. It's not frightening at first. And you get to clearly see what's around your feet. You're getting your toes wet at your own pace. And you're not afraid of exploring just a little bit more each time you go in. The same thing with understanding social media platforms. You don't need to jump into these platforms all at once or have to know all these special functions or understand complicated algorithms in one day. Um, You can approach one platform at a time and understand the basics of it to get yourself comfortable 
enough where you can really express who you are as an artist and a performer and stay true to yourself there before you can start expanding into these different other platforms. For example, if you're just starting out and you start out with, you already have your website, great. If you have a YouTube page, you're now comfortable starting putting material on there of your performances. And now you want to venture into Instagram. Okay, how do I take what I already know? I know how to upload videos and do that. Great. Instagram allows you to post small clips of your videos. And then you can say, hey, you want to see the rest of this clip? Come to my YouTube page. Come to my website. Because then you're drawing people back into who you are as a performer while still venturing into these new uh, platforms to do so. Let's talk about platforms. So the platform in the very beginning has nothing to do with social media. A Mm -hmm. platform is a platform. A website Mm -hmm. is a platform. Uh, A blog on a website can be a platform. Mm -hmm. An email, MailChimp newsletter can be a platform. But anything given away, and back me up on this, if I really wanted to put out a recital, we're going to live stream it on Facebook, but if I really want to own that content, it'll be on my website. So I think we need oh, yeah. to put that Thanks. out there that, that, that if you don't own that content, you've got to be careful of what, what content you're putting on, on what platform. Oh, yeah. And Facebook is just a catalyst to reach those that you're not being able to same thing with YouTube, same thing with TikTok and all that. How are you getting your message across to draw them into your website? By just having a website, that, I mean, having a website is great, but how are you going to get people to it? Especially in the booming age of technology that we're in, we have to redirect everybody that we can get by casting this, I almost call it like a fisherman's net that you're reaching out. What is the catch of the day? In which way am I going to throw that net? Am I going to do something funny and put it on TikTok and hopefully get people to come to my website that way? Or am I going to say, hey, there's going to be a live stream from my website. Which, um, which mediums am I going to use to get people to draw into that? Okay, so let's distill my whole social media life down before God and everyone. It's YouTube number one for me because that's my art and that's where you can see it. Secondly, and my website goes along with that. So those two, and I have two websites. Oh my God, I had to divide myself. So two websites and a YouTube, and that's really all I need. But then there's the Instagram, and I adore that crowd. And then there's the Facebook, and I adore that crowd. And then there's um, uh, Twitter, and that's super easy because you just... I didn't know that you tweet. But then, right? And then... I, I don't, but I do, and this is why we're doing this podcast. And then seven, I'm up to seven, um, Pinterest. So I've heard for about- the record, For the record of the audience, I think I opened up Pandora's box. I know you did. Now, I've heard about the seven stream- Dem- Seven deadly sins, because you just kind of listed all of them. I, I've lit I, exactly. The, so <laughs> I have heard of the seven- um, income streams. Like these days, everybody has all these other businesses, but the seven 
different platforms of social media help us out? Okay, so we've already determined that that YouTube comes with the G Suite anyway, so YouTube is a given. Then your website, whether it be Wix or you pay somebody, and I had to pay somebody, you because you, I have a host and it's a secure. I love Wix. Wix is a good site too. Let's say I have three. Let's say I have three. AJ, I have five, uh, four left. Those platforms are Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Which one am I going to do first to get everybody listening? And then am I going to fan out and have redundancy in my posts? Or am I going to have to tailor make and code switch, like, you know, become the person on the, you know, and you remember that meme that went out um, last year about the four squares? One was the way I look on Instagram and the second was the way I look on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give me like a couple of days and I can get that for you. The Amy version. I'm doing that. No. Okay. But that's my question. What do we do? Do we, do we be redundant or not? Or do we code switch? Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. The reason why you need to have a different voice for each of them is because each of them has a different character to them. You're not going to use Twitter language on Facebook, Facebook language on Twitter, vice versa, because they each have their different audiences associated with them. Twitter, it's great because you can keep your messages short, sweet, right to the point. You can draw them back to your YouTube website very quickly. For instance, you can tweet out a 30-character, 50-character message saying, live stream going up in 10 minutes, come check it out. And that draws people to your website as opposed to writing out a full long message on Facebook um, to draw them there. So that's Twitter, short and sweet. Instagram. Instagram is great when you want to focus more on the visual picture posts rather than the video types. Yes, you can do many videos on there to draw them, but you want to focus that more on uh, what you want to visually inspire your audience with. Say you're going to take a backstage photo before your concert. It's like, hey, concert attire, hashtag on in five minutes kind of thing. You want to show them, maybe you have a great photo of your flute that you've taken at some point during the day and the light just hits it right. That's great. Um, but no, this visual platform is different than Pinterest. Pinterest is a whole other beast. I almost consider it using it as, the, as a primary place to organize visual items, such as using it as a vision board of what you want your website to look like, or different dresses you might have inspiration for for wearing for your next concert, or ideas for poses for your next set of headshots that you're going to be taking soon. I wouldn't use it specifically for direct marketing to your followers, but use it as more of a behind-the-scenes visual planner of your next set of designs if you want to revamp your website and so forth like that. LinkedIn is in a whole different category of, of its own. LinkedIn is a great tool when you want to show off your resume and it allows you to brag beyond the one-page resume of your qualifications and it also allows your colleagues to write recommendations on your skills. So I would focus this more on those that want to go into academia. Yes, you can put up your full resume of your qualifications, 
You can get your colleagues to recommend it to you. You can put up small clips of media, but it's not the same as YouTube because people aren't going to be looking for that. Say if I was, so back in my time with Phoenix Symphony, I would get multiple artist packs of a day. And honestly, I wasn't looking at their resume to base everything off of, but it gives me a good idea of who they are as a performer. And that leads me back to their website or their YouTube page. So being able to create a LinkedIn page that gives you a summary is good as long as you're able to draw that back to your website, back to your YouTube page, because that's your primary focus as a performer of what you want people to look at you for. One last thing. People were asking me so many questions about my dresses. Oh, yeah. Okay. That can be used. That's Pinterest. Like, I see a vision board for you. Concert attire 101. Amy, a life into Amy's amazing dresses. Mm, Maybe not. But (laughs) I still remember, like, that's the other thing I saw from YouTube, like, Another amazing dress from Amy. Does she have a continuous source? Does she have her own personal designer or something? I've not seen you. I can honestly say I've never seen you wear the same concert attire more than once. Well, that's why on Pinterest you can go to the board. Um, that's that's Amy Porter's concert dresses and see all the designers. And you know, so I think that that Pinterest can be for that minutia and that kind of educational um, bent, if if you will. Yes. talk about self-esteem and social media because it's a big component. I was born before social media and, and many other things. So I'm not obsessed with the matrix or the data. And in fact, I don't think any social media could influence the way I felt about myself as an artist. That is a very internal struggle and journey and joy, and I wouldn't give it away. So Can you talk about our self-esteem attachment to social media and why there's such an obsession and why it might not be healthy? What I've noticed a lot on social media, especially during this day, is there's so much negativity out there that you can be just bogged down with all of it. And my biggest thing is, if you don't like something, don't follow it. You don't have to keep negativity in your life. And you keep seeing these posts that bring you down that make you not want to be on social media anymore, get rid of them. Social media should be enjoyable and you should want to share your content out there and you should be excited about posting things on social media that bring little happiness out there. The other big thing with going back to the social media metrics, you need to be happy about the content that you put out there first and not worry about the numbers. Because that's going back to staying true to yourself. There are many companies out there that you can buy friends. Can you believe it? Can you, you believe that you buy followers on Instagram for a certain amount of money? It's shocking because 
are they really your friends? Are they really your followers? Are they really your fans that are there to support you? Or are you just so focused on getting 20,000 followers to say, oh yeah, I'm popular. Are you really though? Because your true friends out there, whether your page has 20 followers or 100 followers or even 1,000 followers, they're there for you. And when you start putting the content out there, be happy with it, be true to yourself. And once you get that core people that really support you, then you can think about ways to increase your followers organically and really capture those that want to be there for you rather than just buying friends. It's quality of the people that follow us, not the quantity, right? Exactly. And that quality of those people that are there saying, hey, I really like this podcast. I'm going to share it with this person. I'm going to share it with this person. I've already shared the podcast with a whole bunch of people on my end, and they're extremely excited about it. We didn't have to buy friends to say that because those people that buy friends, it's not worth it. It's not quality. It's not really showing you who you are as an artist and that can talk positively about you to others. I, I'm going to give some of my secrets away right now. So my secret number one is love your haters. That, show, that shows how good of a person that you are. Oh. No, it does. If someone spreads negativity and then you're spreading that negativity back, it just turns into a disease. Why not show love and kindness to those that puts an end to that negativity? So... I'll release something on YouTube and for the 1.7 thousand l- thumbs up, there's always maybe 12, right? Thumbs down. And I love those fans who say, who are these people that are putting the thumbs down? And when I look at the, the thumbs down, I say, hi, you're back. I'm so glad you're here because you keep me in check and you make me realize that, you know, not everybody's going to like what I do. And I have to say that I love this podcast because people don't have to listen. And that's just fine. They wouldn't have gotten this far in the podcast. <laughs> and Amy, you love what you're doing. I love and that. Doing. And that's the most important thing. If you're not happy putting out that content, putting out those blasts on social media, no matter what the catalyst platform is, then, it, then it's pointless. You need to enjoy it. So, okay. So uh, love your haters. Here's the second thing. I have found the recipe for the perfect Instagram posts. And I just wanted to share that. So if I have one of four things, um, Instagram tells me that my picture is liked over 95% more than any other post. So here's, here are the four things. My flute. (laughs) If my flute is in a shot, I swear it is. Everybody loves it. That's a pretty instrument. Come on. Okay, and then, amen. The Haynes flute is gorgeous. Then music. If you have music on there, everybody loves it. Like a sh- piece of sheet music. The third is my face. If I have a little bit of my face in there, I, I don't know. You know, my one-eyed selfies are working. And then the fourth thing is texture. 
like a, a like a like if I put it on the all black piano or I put it on the wood or have a little bit of texture. I think the biggest picture that ever blew up was two minutes before the downbeat opening night at Brevard. I had uh, Mahler Symphony on my stand or something, and I just put my flute forward. You know how you do that, and you put your flute forward to touch the music. And I quick snapped my phone uh, picture. And I put my phone back in the bag, turned it off, got home and just posted that picture. And and all I said was opening night. Now that's a whole other thing is your tagline. All I said was opening night and it must have garnered at least 800, 800 on Instagram is huge um, without buying your, your followers. So 800 likes on opening night without my face. It was just a flute, just music, just, you know, this packed audience that you really couldn't see. It was, Can I jump in on this? Yeah. yeah. Because being, I know there's a lot of music geeks out there. A, la- a latest trend that I've been seeing, and it's been going on for a while, and I'm very guilty of this, is that if I see a sheet music, what you did with opening night, I'm actually zooming in on the piece of music and I'm like, Oh, it's smaller six. I'm just reading along on the music. Or another huge trend that's on YouTube, especially with orchestral players, point of view, like recordings, where they put the phone down facing them on the stand, ignore that the phone is there, and you can hear them play with their section, but it's just them playing. And those blow up because these aspiring musicians want to feel like they're there they want to see you guys playing in action in the raw pretty much and they want to see like oh my god it's this famous person playing like Mahler 6 and this is how the section goes and they really just geek out I still do it I still look up those kinds of videos so you know what I think of when I see those god I hope he doesn't get fired question for you now how do you feel about your social media journey going from no facebook no youtube to embracing the seven pretty much deadly social medias out there and being an inspiration to others for creating their own uh, voice through these platforms well i've learned just to be me and my students won't let me fake anything about my personality. I think um, children and young adults bring it out in their professor that they have to be honest humans. And so my honesty is 
appreciated on the social platforms, I believe. The other thing was that for a while there, there weren't a lot of great flutists on YouTube showing, as an example, the main repertoire that we've been learning lately. So that kind of got me to feel like I was giving. Um, so to be myself and to give was the original impetus to be on social media. It wasn't anything about I had to sell anything, although that was a byproduct. More people are buying the merchandise, but it's not like I have a $10 item, really. <laughs> you could find me for $10, but what I tend to do is a scholarship and um, the advancement of the flute repertoire. So I really, I'm I'm excited to use to have used social media that way for the last 15 years. And we'll see where it takes me. It's taken me to a podcast. So thank you so much for that. Of course. And maybe soon we'll see you as an influencer. Although I heard you might be an influencer in the mix. Well, there is an influencer email in my inbox. And it's for, guess what it's for? Dresses? Food product. Oh, I'm liking this already. Right? It's ice cream. Right? I love ice cream so much. Uh, but recently I had given up the all the sugar that I could physically see. So I didn't want to break the promise to myself. So I think at one point I could walk into Meyer. I'm supposed to walk into Meyer, film myself buying this ice cream and then eating this ice cream. And I really have no idea what to do with ice cream. I, I pretty much know my my Instagram ideas, but that's about it. So what should I do with this ice cream? Well, remember that you don't need to eat the entire carton, just a bite of it for it to count, but you can do a whole bunch of things with it. If you stage the ice cream in an Instagram post and match the colors around it of like the, say if you have like chocolate ice cream, you can mix like the browns that are in the color of the room and then have like the pop of gold of your flute there and just say hashtag summer life or something like that hashtag cheat day wow i've never used those before i would hashtag eat an entire carton We're breaking down the word social, which is definitely just mass humanity, and then media, which is your content and valuable content. And everybody has something to say. So just thank you for guiding us today. Of course. It's always been a pleasure. And I'm excited to see where this journey brings us to. Me too. We'll wrap this up and turn off the screen time and end this exhausting social media conversation by thanking Alan J. Tomasetti. AJ, as I know him, is a flutist, a great one, and he lives in Arizona. He's an administrative specialist at Arizona State University. He's held my hand through the waters of social media for 15 years, and I know I'm safe with him. He has so many skills and so much experience ranging from academe to professional orchestras that I know he's going to be an arts leader. And I just thank him so much for his help. So our team of AJ and Justine and I will be back next week talking about the University of Michigan, Blue Flutes. 
we have some exciting news and we have some incoming students that we want to celebrate. You can find me on either of my websites for students, porterflute.com and for presenters, amyporter.com. On Facebook, I'm Amy Porter Flutist. And on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Porter Flute. Thanks again for being here. I'm so grateful for you.